0: Oh, man, we're going to talk about that, too, in a little bit. You know, I think sometimes if we were at the races or at the football game, we'd be really screaming and cheering. But you know what? We're in the house of the Lord, and that gives us a great opportunity because of what Christ did to have freedom in Christ, to worship Him freely and with all our heart. Amen. So with that being said, today we're going to be taking a look at the story of Cain and Abel. Miss Tanya said a little bit about that. If you got your Bibles with you, we'll be primarily in Genesis chapter 4. I always encourage you to bring your word. And uh, if we look at that, if we look at the chapter before that, we see uh, Adam and Eve, which is the mom and dad of uh, Cain and Abel. In chapter 3, you see the fall of man. And then in chapter 4, right, you see the fall of man, which is actually the root of evil. And then when you look at chapter 4, we see the fruit of evil. You see how this thing's kind of unfolding a little bit, right? So I entitled this today, Why So Angry Cain and Abel? Why so angry? In today's world, I think about so many things like that, and that I believe that applies across the board. Why are so many angry? Why are so many, uh, you know, upset? So, you just look at the news, so many people are angry, and there's so much uh, hate, there's so much rebellion, there's so much chaos But, you know, today through prayer and through the message, I pray that we can focus and be a little bit more like Abel instead of that of Cain. Amen? So I want to start out with the scripture and we're going to jump on into it, okay? Got it up there on the board and I'd like to read that to you. Genesis 4, starting in 2 through 7, it says, When they grew up, Abel and Cain, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crop as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of the firstborn lambs. From his flock. The Lord accepted Abel in his gift, but he did not accept Cain in his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. So today, I hope through this, we can look at... This is really about a heart condition. It's worry about. We're really about our worship and how we come to God. Amen? So we're going to jump on in here. I think everybody has a handout. And we're going to just kind of work through that scripture and unpack it a little bit. Does that sound good? Amen. Good. Amen. Now, the first thing we saw that when we're looking at the lives and, and, and the comparison of a, a heart condition is what I really want us to focus on here. Is that we see that Cain, Cain brought some. Right? Let's look at this. When we come before the Lord, what do we bring? I want you to think about that. Let's make this personal. Do we think about our heart condition, or do we just come, do we come to worship the king or kings, or do we just come to check a box? What is, the, what is the atmosphere of our, our heart? What is going on? What is our expectations? You know, when I come before the Lord, I, I have great expectations of being in the presence of the Lord, seeing God work out things in my life, knowing that, you know what, that I'm a child of God because of the sacrifice of Christ and putting my faith and trust in Him, that God's going to be working on my behalf, that I have the privilege to come to my Heavenly Father with anything, whether it's big or small. That's freedom, and that brings peace, right? But so many times I think, you know, we don't consider when we come maybe to church or something like that. Or maybe we only come to God when something's wrong. You ever thought about that? And we're all probably guilty of that to a certain degree. But I want you to think about this. Just to set the stage, think about this. When, when we feel like that, maybe we should just consider a few things when we, when we start our day. You know, I wrote a few things. God woke you up today. God has provided a way for you today. God has made a way for you to escape hell. He gave His Son for our sin. Yet many folks act like they're doing God a favor when they stop by church or hang out for an hour. Now look, I'm not being rude. I'm just being truthful, right? You know, and and, and what I want to do is really, let's see, let's evaluate where we're at with this. Because God wants to work in our life because God gave it all, right? He didn't just give some. He gave His very best, right? So let's take a look at that. Do we bring what's left over or what's best we have? I want you to think about when you come here today, so many times, if we're honest with you, he gets what's left over. He really does. You know, there's so many things we, we allow to get between us and God and as many of the things that he's blessed us with. There's no problem with having things or doing things and, and stuff like that. But, you know, a lot of times I've talked to guys and go, well, I'm going to be out on my sailboat worshiping the Lord. Well, I'm sure that you can worship the Lord there. But the Bible also says don't forsake the assembly. You know, it's important for us to come together. Right. And meet with God and strengthen the body because God's got a part for you here as well. And so I want us to keep in mind that, yes, we can worship God anywhere. But he wants us to come and gather amongst the brothers and sisters to strengthen one another. Right. Because all of us are part of that body. And each one, if the leg's not here or if the ear's not here or whatever the case, whatever God has, you know what? We become disjointed, right? But as God brings us together in his house, and his body, look how we start moving for the kingdom like a well-oiled machine when we're all listening and we're all working together for the same goal, right? Are we committed to greatness or just good enough? Hmm. You know, we we bring that up a lot. And and I think that's something that's really, really uh, important. So many times in my life, I think, man, you know, when I see the great sacrifice, we talked about that over the last few weeks, That inspires me to give my all. That inspires me to to press in. That inspires me to love greater uh, because he loves me greater. For my faith to grow greater, opportunities to serve him come up. So if I just settle for what's good, I'm missing out on what's great from God. Amen. That's a big thing there. A lot of times we'll settle for what's good instead of what is best. God has what's best for you. Amen. Amen. I was looking at this here and I jumped ahead of myself a little bit and I wanted to share a little something here. When we look at our commitment to grace, uh, great, greatness or or just doing good enough, we had an opportunity to get away a little bit. Yesterday we went up to Williamsburg and that's always a great time. Went up there and had uh, a little something to eat and looked around and and just kind of took a little break. But, you know, I'm always looking and always listening for opportunities to share Jesus and see where God's at work. And we went to a restaurant, and it wasn't a, a restaurant that we've never been into. We went to Chili's yesterday. So we kind of know what to expect. And it was really good. The food, food was fine. But what made the difference was our waitress. Now, we talked about this before, about a difference in a good meal and a great meal and things like that. But I want to tie this into giving, giving your greatness, giving your best, right, responding to, to things. Is that as Christ, or do we just get by as we were there, a young lady came over we took our order. And I immediately knew she was not from Bacosum because of the way she talked. Right? Wonderful young lady got to talk to her. And I said, man, where are you from? She said, I'm from Russia. And we began to talk to her. And every time we come up, she was just, man, there's everything she could do to, to help out and things like that. And she didn't, it didn't look like it was a job for her. It looks like, like this, that she enjoyed what she was doing. You know, if we take that attitude... And the things that we do for the Lord, people watch. People start looking. And I asked her a few other things. You know, I'm always Mr. Talkative, right? And and she would come over here and she said she loved it in this country. She was hoping that she could come back. And she talked about the freedom that she has in this country. And I thought, so often we don't realize the freedom that we have in Christ. We don't realize what God has blessed us with. But so many times we close our hearts and our ears and our minds to the things that God has already done. But when I see that, that's a breath of fresh air to see people doing things out of, out of the grace in their heart. Isn't that amazing? When you see somebody that loves people, it, you're drawn to them. You know what? When we see and hear about the person of Jesus, doesn't it draw you closer to God? It should because he sent his best for you. Amen. Now, let's take a look at this. How do we respond to correction? You say, how do we get to that from where you were at? Well, look, a lot of times when we're at work or we're doing things, a lot of times there's things that we need to make adjustments in. In our own spiritual life, as we read the Word of God and we look into that and God whispers to our spirit, we need to make adjustments. How do we respond to correction? You know? And so many times we look at this and we go, man, do I get angry? Do I turn away or do I turn back my heart to the one who gave it all? See, I really think if we start looking again at the sacrifice... And looking at who has done what for us, meaning God through Christ Jesus, has done for us. It changes everything. It puts things in perspective. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? But You don't know what I'm going through. You're right. I don't know what you're going through. But God does know what you're going through. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And you take time to build that relationship. Guess what? You're going to see that you're never alone. The Bible already says that we're never alone, right? He never leaves us as orphans. But you know what? As we spend time with God and cultivating our heart and hearing from God... We're going to feel that oneness, that intimacy with Christ is crucial. Amen. So when God points something in our life, how do we respond to correction? I pray that I'm quick to repent and run into the loving arms of God. That's my prayer. Do I always do it? Not as fast as I should. But you know what? I ask God for forgiveness and I get back in the game, right? Now we talked about this whole theme is really a theme of a heart in, in worship. And I want I wrote this this statement here and, and it's a good question for, for us all to evaluate as we go. Is our worship hollow or whole? What do you what do you what do you mean by that, buddy? Is it just something we go through? Is it mechanical or is it from the inside out that we come here to praise the Lord, to learn more about God? Or do we just check the box? You know? I I look at it this way as, as I give God my best, I cannot come up short. God's not withholding any good thing from us, amen? He's not not holding things back from us. He's trying to get something to us so many times. But so many times we don't receive it. We won't receive the forgiveness. We won't receive the correction. We won't receive the direction. But I'm telling you, if we go and spend time with the Lord and allow Him to work in our heart, we don't have to be so angry. We can give our best. And watch how God takes that and makes it so much more. Amen? So here's something else I wrote down on, on, on some of my notes. I was thinking, you know, a lot of times when I talk to folks... I think we have the wrong perspective. And if we're not looking in the word of God as our anchor, we will have the wrong perspective. Amen. And I said this. I don't give to get. I give because he gave it all. I'm not necessarily talking about finances or anything else, but it's all hooked together. Give of your time. Give of your worship. Give of your ear. Give of your back. Helping people, whatever it is. How do you respond to others in need? And how do we respond to others in need when it seems to be constant? Do we get tired and say, well, I've helped them once or twice. I'm over it. Or do we say, God, give me the strength and let's help them to to stand on their feet. Lord, give us the encouragement and the tools to help them to get up and, and, and walk on their own. You know, we can't go around and read the Bible to everybody in here. Lord, let's encourage them to come on Tuesday nights. Hey, Lord, let's encourage them, you know, to dig in the word. If they got questions and things like that, let's go to you in prayer and you set the pace and we follow because that's what makes the difference. Amen. So is our heart focused on God? I think about this when I was a kid uh, at Easter time, we get that Easter bunny, you know, he was the biggest one in the the, the, uh, we didn't have a basket. We had a. What did we have, we had like a little uh shoebox, right? So he's hanging over the side, man. And you better eat him fast because the AC ain't pumping too good, right? That, that rabbit just start wilting like this. But what I would look at, I said, Man, that's the biggest thing in there, that's what I want. And I would grab it and think, Man, I really got a treat. And when I break his ear off, it was hollow, you know. Do we come, you know, real big and yes, 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 and we're a lot of air, or do we come with a heart? It's full of the love of God and the grace of God. Do you see where I'm going with that? See, a lot of times bigger is not better, right? And you'll see a lot of times, even this, as I watch football out there, see the guys going, man, I said, wow, what a, what a deal. You know, because God's always teaching us. And I'm going to tell you what happens, man. When you see something, you can see people with a lot of talent. You can see it in the Olympics. But when you see somebody with heart, that will bring them to the other side. See, talent's great. But if you don't have the heart connected to it, you don't always finish big. And if your heart is connected to it, whether what place you place him, in, in the Olympics or in the games or in anything else that, it's honoring God. You've got a place in his heart. There's no question about that. There's no question about it. So what does our heart look like? Man, I pray that we give God all our worship because he's worthy. Amen. Well, let's keep on rolling here. Everybody doing good? Amen. Amen. All right. We'll cut through here now. Now, the next slide we got, we're talking about giving our best. We saw from the scripture that it said that Abel gave his best. He gave the first fruits, didn't he? When our hearts are captured, right? When you, excuse me, I've got to hit myself. Giving your best to God reflects a heart captured by God. When our hearts are captured by the love of God, worship comes naturally, doesn't it? It really does. When our hearts are in tune to what God's doing and what he's done for us, it's easy to praise the Lord. Because guess what? You give him proper place in your life. Right? We desire to praise the Lord because of our love for him draws us to him. But even better yet, his love draws us to him. Right? And not only that, when, God, when people see you and they go, what's different about them? It should be the love. They should know you by your love. Right? That's grace and forgiveness and mercy. That doesn't mean you get trampled over, but that means that we respond like Christ in the, in, in the situations in crisis. And you know what? We can't do that on our own. We have to have the Lord working on our behalf. But let me tell you, if we're plugging into God and he's captured our heart, we will start seeing the characteristics of Christ rise up in our life in everything we do. Amen. Now, God's favor flows with obedience. You said, what do you mean by that, buddy? I want to talk about that just a little bit. Going back to Cain and Abel, it was a heart condition. Abel approached God with his best and honored him. Cain approached him with some. How do we approach God? I talked about that a little bit uh, earlier, but I want to look at this. Are we grateful? Do we respectfully come to him? Is it out of love or is it cold and mechanical? God's favor flowed with Abel's obedience. Didn't He was accepted. And we're going to be talking about that. So many times we don't understand how important it is to slow down and give God the proper perspective in our lives. I want you to think about this. Read this again. God's favor flows with our obedience. Now, let's take it from the relationship with God, but let's take a relationship maybe with your spouse or with your friend or something like that. Now, if you only call your friend when things are bad, guess what? You know who's going to be their best friend? Caller ID. After about the third call, they to say, I'm busy. Right? But that's a lot of times that's what we do with God, right? Look, do we just call him when we complain? Do we just call him uh, and, and not communicate anything other than our needs? Speaking to us now, right? Or, 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 or do we invest in the relationship? See, if we don't, if, if I just talk to Denise, I say, you know what? This is what's going on with work, One, two, three, and this is what's going on here. And this is what I need. And then I just say, all right, good night. All right, I'll see you next week. Man, that relationship is not going to be flowing in a whole lot of favor, is it? Not at all. And vice versa. Nothing wrong with sharing stuff with, with your loved ones. Say, hey, I got this on my mind. I got this on my heart. Don't miss what I'm saying. But so many times, if we're honest, we see at different parts of our life that, man, maybe we're not communicating with God as much as we should or the way we should. So I want us to evaluate that today. When we come to God, are we coming out of obedience, or out of reverence, out of the love, right? Or are we just coming for the quick fix? One more thing. A lot of us have children that are driving, maybe even grandchildren are driving. How would you respond if the only time you heard from your child is, I need the keys and I need some gas money? And that's going to get real old real fast, right? It's going to be really pulling on your heart. You're like, man, I'd be glad to do this for them because you love them. But if they came in a different fashion with their heart saying, hey, you know, um, I really appreciate this. I really appreciate that. I just want to tell you I care about you. I'm talking about from the heart. I'm not talking about no lip service. Then you want to bless them, right? You want to do for them. I think about it all the time when, when my dad would take me somewhere and, and we'd save up and get something. I thought about, I, I probably shared this before, getting a bicycle. We're riding, man. I'm going to get it 10 speed. I mean, that was a big deal. Now, what do they got 30 speeds and everything else? I mean, then you can bend over like that. And you know, my dad would tell me, he said, well, I remember the first time I got my bike, I worked for a month and I wanted to take good care of it and I had to go all the way over this hill to another mountain. He was telling me, I'm sitting there thinking as a kid going, okay, here's the bicycle story. Right, right? I'm just being honest. But he was teaching me. I was too hard-headed at the time, but I'm listening now. And he said, you know what? Uh, I got that bicycle. You know what? I want to take good care of that bicycle. And I was afraid that the tires weren't pumped up enough. So I stopped at a gas station and pumped them up real tight. And on the way home, the back tire blew out. I said, it did? He said, yeah, man. It just drug me everywhere else and everything else. I said, what happened? He said, I worked another month to get an N or to. Wow. He said, but you know what? God's blessings. We're going to go get you a bicycle today. Enjoy it. Be safe. The reason wasn't to make me feel bad. It wasn't to make me feel guilty. He wanted to know that it cost something. It cost something. Do you appreciate what we're doing? You know what? That's a real small scale of things. But do we appreciate what God's done? See, let's tie it back to that. Do we appreciate what God's done? When we look at the scripture about Cain and Abel, it appears that Cain really didn't appreciate that based on his offering, based on his attitude. Right? That says a lot. That says a lot. How do we, let's put ourselves in that picture, how do we respond when God asks us of us to do a thing. Right? Think about that. Prepare your heart for worship. I say this a lot of times. When we come, you know, many times, I, I told this old story, a friend of mine said, man, you know, him and his wife used to argue every time when they came to church on the way riding. And he said, we don't do that anymore. I said, how'd you get over that? You ever heard me say it? So they take two cars. <laughs> a lot of you guys thinking about carpooling, right? I don't know. But you know, hey, that's the truth of the matter. Because you know what I believe happens? The enemy wants to do anything he can to keep you outside of the walls of this church, right? He wants to keep you from the hearing of God's Word. He wants to keep the Bible shut because then you don't have the ammo. You see what I'm saying? You don't have something to to dig into when things are tough. But I want to encourage you. I don't care if you're running late. Come on. I don't care what you got on. Come on. Because you know what? It's just that important and you're worth it. Amen? Amen. Prepare your hearts when you get for worship. Prepare your hearts each day. Do we start our day? Do we lift our voices to the Lord? And I thought about this, like we were saying. You know, a lot of times we we start out. Man, there was races last night. I could hear him. at our house? Was it last night? Was it? I'm losing track of time. But when they have races, you can hear roo, 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 Langley, different things like that. Man, people yelling and everything else. And man, when we get in the church. Everybody goes. Rrr! Everybody goes up. I'll teach you. <laughs> I can just hear him. He's like, amen. I'm like, yo, get a boy. You know what? I'm not saying we got to swing from the rafters, but I'm saying, you know what? You know what? Let, let our voice be raised up for the one who gave it all. Man, let's think about what he's done. If we can get excited about a football game, if we can get excited about, you know, who's playing who or, or what's going on in the races and stuff, man, how much more should we be excited about being a child of God? How much more should we be excited about being set free from hell and placed in proper place in God's family, man? And that's right. there. We can preach on that all day. Think about that. Over and over and over. The times that I've, I have phone calls and, and spend time with people and the time that I preach to myself in the mirror. It's this. I have to be reminded. I look into the word of God and remind myself, who am I? I'm a child of God. Not because of my own doing. It's because of the grace of God, the forgiveness of God from the great sacrifice. And I want to cling on to that. Yeah, but what about when you did this? But what about when you did that? What about when you said that? You know what? What did we learn last week? He says our sins are forgiven from, from the east to the west, right? That's not a get out of hell free card. You know what it is? It should pull on our strings and say, you know what, Lord, I blew it. But you know what? I'm thankful that your grace still flows from the, from the throne. I'm thankful that you know what? You purge me from all sin, right? Read Romans 8. I love going back to that. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, right? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I see us so many times as a church that's bruised, not just here, as a body that's bruised because we won't believe what God said. If we would just start to believe what God said, man, it would change everything. One act of grace can change everything. His act of grace changed everything. But you've got to receive it. You've got to believe it. You've got to apply it to your life. Amen. So prepare your heart for worship. How do you do it? Reading the word. Listening to God. Spending time with God. Fellowshiping and giving him praise. Amen. Now, a heart motivated by love and the reverence for God brings acceptance from God. And we kind of hit on some of that. I've got notes here, but you know what? I'm just preaching what God's giving me. You know what? If we're really motivated from the inside out, it's because of the love relationship. I mean, you get a touch of God in your life, it changes everything. It changes everything. And he touches and reaches it out through the sacrifice of Christ, through the word of God, through his forgiveness. Over and over, we see that. But so many times, we have to be reminded. And that's not a bad thing, but you know what? Get reminded in the right place. Get reminded from his word so you get the the purest form of that. Get reminded from your church family and encourage one another. Because let me tell you, the storms still come. But God is the stiller of the storm. And he's got you every step of the way. Amen? So look at that. So many times we look at that. When you think back to this, uh, I wrote one thing here. God doesn't reject wholehearted acts of worship. He accepts it and blesses it. I want to read that again. God doesn't reject wholehearted acts of worship. He accepts it and blesses it, which moves us on to our next point is about being accepted. Now, you know, we all like to be accepted. You think about when you were little playing those games, you didn't like to be the last one picked. We used to play Red Rover, Red Rover, send buddy right over, man. You know, y'all used to play that? And the guys, your buddies, you'd lay there, they go, go, man, they would just tighten up that rope. boy. They'd tighten up them hands like that. Boom. But you know, isn't that very similar to the world? So many things you're trying to get on through, man, but the ways of the world just want to hold you back. They want to shackle you to a lie of your past or what you did or what you said or who you were or what your family did or whatever. God gives you a fresh start. I want you to hear that today. We got a fresh start with Jesus. You say, man, how come you're so excited? Because we get a fresh start. Guess what? I need a fresh start. Do you need a fresh start sometimes? I'm grateful for the grace of God. You hear me talk about the love of God and grace of God so much. Guess why? Because we need it. I need it, but I need to share it with somebody else. I need to pass that on. Don't just say, well, you know what? I got mine. They'll have to get theirs. You know what? God calls us to speak the word, teach the word, and live the word for him. And the only way we do it is the intimacy with Christ in our life. We know that we're accepted in Jesus Christ because of his sacrifice. It's nothing that we can boast about. We talked about that in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you're saved through faith, not that of yourself. It's a gift of God. The problem I see so many times is people don't open the gift. They keep it set up here. Well, maybe someday. Well, maybe if things really get tough. Maybe when I'm older. I talked to a young boy that just popped in my mind. Young guy working, uh, worked with us a couple of years ago. He said, Mr. Buddy, that's really good. You know, I'm glad you found something that works for you. And I appreciate you sharing that with me. I was telling him about the gospel of Christ. telling him about the love of Christ. telling him how sin separates us from God. And one day that we'll have to give an account of that. Right? And he listened to everything I said. And then he said, I appreciate you telling me that, but that's just not something I want to do right now. I want to live my life. And then maybe later, maybe later, I'll pick God or choose God or receive God, whatever he said. I appreciated his honesty, but it crushed my heart. I said, when's the last time you looked in the newspaper, bro? Oh, I don't know. I said, you ever look at the obituaries? Not always. I said, there's a lot of older folks that pass on, right? I said, there's a lot of young folks that pass on too. Just want you to have the pieces of the puzzle. I've told you. trusting God will bring that to you in your time. And I pray it's soon. You don't have to beat anybody up because God is the one working in it. But our job is to lay it out there. Lay it out there. Always give account what's going on. See, the thing was, he's accepted. The acceptability is there, i say. But he never received it. You know, there's a lot of time that goes by real fast. There's a lot of people that thought they were going to be here a long time, but things change all the time. But let me tell you, the grace of God is there for us even in the midst of that. Amen? Let's take a look at this. We all like to be accepted, and what else? So often we're willing to go to great lengths to be accepted by people and the world's standards. Man, you know that peer pressure is tough, isn't it? isn't it? You gotta have the right shoes. You gotta have the right haircut. I know. I'm, I know. I'm making somebody man. I ain't changed my haircut since seventh grade, right? I'm just thankful I still got it. <laughs> and by the looks of it, sometimes maybe I just need to wear a hat. You know, I just got a head that's just, just created for a perfect hat. But you know what? I don't care. I don't care. You know, I'm not trying to impress somebody. Denise is already head over heels with me, and it's good, right? Oh, she's ducking down. Yeah. But you know what? It's it's good to laugh a little bit, isn't it? It's good a lot of times to say, you know what? I don't have to be like you because God created me to be like me. That's not a bad thing. Amen. Awesome. God desires our obedience because it brings his best to our lives. You think about that. God wants to bless us. He wants to flow in in what's going on with us, right? He wants to turn around and get his blessing to us so that we can make a difference. God's not, again, like I said, holding things back. He's trying to get things to us. He wants us to understand about forgiveness. He wants us to understand about his love, his mercy. You know why? So you can experience his best. That's what God is doing for us. Focusing on the love of Christ tunes our spirit in harmony with God's goodness. Man, isn't that something? See, we want to flow with God, not run from God. So many times when, when we go to play, you know, one of the first things we do, we tune our instruments so they're in harmony with each other. Because if they're not, it's not going to be real pretty. It's going to be disjointed. Man, people are going to be going, wow, that's pretty rough. You know what? What do you think our life does when we're not in tune to God? We're running against Him. We're pulling back on Him, right? None of us would set out and... and, and, and go to listen to the band and, and they didn't have their strings tuned or anything else, we need to have strings of our hearts tuned to that of the Spirit of God so that we can hear correctly, that we can live our life for Him in power. Amen? Got a few more. I went, I went a little hog wild on acceptance here. So y'all just love me through it, right? This is just good stuff because I want us to know that we're accepted. Abel's heart was obviously in tune and in love with God. See, a heart that's in tune to God produces godly character. What character is God producing in you and through you? And you know what? We can put the face on for a little while, but as time goes by and days go by, hey, what's in here? It's going to come out here. And if we're not feeding on the word of God, guess what? We're going to see what, what's really being produced. But what I want to tell you this, is when we're in tune to God, and we're putting God first, and giving God our best, God's going to do the same for you. Amen? Amen. When we offer our worship to the Lord, is it Pure? I talked a little bit about that, and I want to bring it back around. Again, because this is a, the theme of this thing here is, is this whole message is about our worship. Now, a lot of times people think when we talk about worship, it's just when we're playing music. No, that's one place. But how does your worship with your giving? How's your worship with your obedience to Christ? How's our worship when we are uh, out in the world? What signal are we sending to the world? What difference do we make? I pray. It's pure in all we do. We're qualified in Christ, sealed with the Spirit, and saved by God's grace. That ought to be encouraging for each and every one of us. Each and every one of us that's made that decision to call on the name of the Lord. And we are sealed by a Spirit. See, we're not in this alone. Well, I, I want to go back here. You say, well, man, you know, uh, is my worship pure? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? It's hard sometimes. Well, guess what? You are qualified in Christ. When you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are set in right relationship with God. But you know what? How do we respond has a lot to do with God will entrust to us. Let's go back to our children again. You wouldn't give them at 16 years old uh, or 15 years old the car and say, you know, I think you can handle it and head on out. You give them a little piece at a time. You strengthen them. You teach them, right? You wait for the wisdom and knowledge to catch up. Same with God, right? Our salvation is a package deal. It is here when you call on the name of the Lord. You hear what I'm saying? We are sealed. But as we grow in the grace and we grow in the understanding of God, look at the possibilities. It's unlimited with God. Amen? Unlimited with God. Knowing God personally and intimately produces a grateful heart that is pleasing to God. Man, when I think about that, when we focus on how we're living and we focus on that of God, watch how your life comes alive. Watch the difference. I've had friends been through some things that I've never even thought about. I never even heard before. And they've been back through them again. And they said, I've went through this thing without God. And I went through this thing with God. Were they both tough? Absolutely. Was there any comparison? No, not at all. When they go through something with God, that doesn't mean they don't shed tears. doesn't mean that they don't get upset. But it means, that you know what? They still have peace in the midst of that. They still have peace in the midst of that. That's what's amazing. Even though you don't know how God's going to work it out. God's got a good enough track record to just trust him anyway, doesn't he? You know? But you you don't know that if you don't read his word. You won't know that if you don't spend time with him. You won't know that if others around you are not producing that godly character, right? Because that helps us stay on track. But ultimately, it's the personal relationship, the intimacy. Because you start saying, oh, not I'm hope so. You say, no, I know my God will supply all my needs. I don't know how he's going to do it. It's not even my business to know how he's going to do it. He just said, trust Him." I was praying one time in the shower and I said, Lord, how come we don't see what other people see back in the biblical times and things like that? And he said, people won't trust me. That's what he said to my heart. If they just believe me. And I thought about that that whole day. And that's been years ago. And I thought about we just don't trust him. We don't believe. Him. We say, oh yeah, I trust. Now think about it. If you can trust God in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ of pulling you out of hell and placing you in heaven, right? And right standing with God. Can't you trust Him for healing? Can't you trust Him for the rent? Can't you trust Him to work out the relationship? Even if we don't see all the pieces of the puzzle, God's worthy. And God is faithful. And God is going to respond out of love to our situation. We can... We can See, from cover to cover in the Word. Just remember, He's going to respond out of love for you. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm going to pick up a little speed here, but I want to make sure we covered all the things. And He says to him here, let's take a look and read a little scripture, verse 5. It says, when He's talking to Cain, and God speaks, He says, But he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry. And he looked dejected. He looks sad. He looked, man, just been out of shape, okay? And, and God says, this is where I got the whole time, where he says, why are you so angry? The Lord asked him, why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must first subdue it and be its master. Let's break that down a little bit. Why is it? Why is it we often become angry with correction from God? I just offer one of the things I thought about. Could it be we're still on the throne and God's not? Are we still trying to take control of everything and just let God in on the tough stuff? Or do we say, God, it's all yours. I'm going to seek your direction and I'm going to move with you. I'm going to flow out of obedience of what you've done for me. Years ago, we did a skit. Miss Tony had a skit. And we, had, uh, we did a little thing sitting on a, on a bar stool type thing on a stool. And it talked about, uh, some of y'all remember, it. I thought about doing it, but I said, I'll spare you. I got something else in store for you today. But, you know, a lot of times we'll say, Lord, here's, here's the stool. Here, I want you right here. Here's the throne of my heart. I want you right there, Lord. Are you sure? Yeah. And then a decision comes. And what do we do? Yeah. Next thing you know, we go, well, you know, I think maybe I should, you know, maybe. Yeah, look where I'm at. I, I put myself back on the throne. And I say, God, you know what? You should be on the throne of my heart. Think about that. When we make our decisions. Is God number one in your decision making? Is God number one when you serve and give and do? Think about that. Let's take a look here. Look at the grace of God still reaching out to Cain. Now let's look at verse 7. It says, you will be accepted if you do what is right. He didn't leave him hanging. He's trying to bring him back and restore him. He says, you will be accepted if you do what is right. But how he respond? Guess what? He's gone. He even gives him a warning. He said, look at this, but if you refuse to do what is right, the warning, then watch out. Is God telling us in our life today, watch out. What's going on? He said, sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. Man, over and over, we see these things. I'm going to look at my notes here and share some stuff. I, I put here when I start going back through it. Says, at first, it shows the lack of respect and love for God from, on, on Cain's heart, right? If you don't give your best to God, who do you give it to? Think about that. Do you give it to yourself? Do you give it to someone else? Not giving, the, giving God the best is a form of idolatry. You ever thought about that? You say, oh my goodness. It's saying this. It's saying this. That you're exalting someone or something higher than that of God. And that hits home, doesn't it? If we really looked at it that, that means we're elevating something or someone in our life higher than what we do God when we don't give Him first place in our life. You know what? Even the second part of this, God was still pointing to the solution. If you hear today and you say, man, that's me. God's still pointing to the solution. He's still reaching out. God still desired to restore it and accept him. He told Cain what to do, but what did Cain do? He had a choice. He hardened his heart, didn't he? And as we go on, we see this. God even gives a warning. He says, man, we must repent and return to his arms, right? He says, man, you got to get a hold on this thing before he gets a hold on you. So many times, what is it that we're here today that's got a hold on us? Is it that anger that gets out of control? And next thing you know, it becomes danger. I want to hit on anger and then we're going to really move on out of this. If we let anger control us, it will lead us to destruction. We have the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us safely back to God. I want you to look at Ephesians 4. I'm going to read it off here. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander as as well as types of evil and behavior. Instead, he tells us what to do again, doesn't he? He gives us the solution. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. See, a lot of times we forget that part. We forget just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. There was something really cool God showed me last night as I spent some time praying. <laughs> he said, If you want to diffuse anger, focus on forgiveness. I said, Wow. If you want to diffuse anger, focus on forgiveness. Focus on the forgiveness that He gave you. And then focus on the forgiveness that maybe you need to give to somebody else. Because that will diffuse the anger. Amen. Look how God forgives you. Do you think we deserve it? See, a lot of times we think we deserve it. But that's grace. Grace is what you don't deserve, but he gives it anyway out of his love. we said it many times. Christ riches it. God's riches at Christ's expense. Have you received that? Grace changes the heart from hollow to whole. Grace changes the heart from hollow to whole. So as we look at this, guys and gals, I, I pray that you look. And and you insert yourself in the story. And you say, you know, how do I respond to God? How is my worship? Do I make time for God or do I give Him what's left over? Well, I'm going to give you a few keys that we could tie in here about worship. We need to anchor ourselves to the truth of God's Word. We need to be obedient to the Bible, amen? Submit to Him and He will show areas of correction. Surrender your life to Him each morning. Remember we said it's a fresh start. I want you all to think about that. It's a fresh start. And trust and rely on the Holy Spirit to guide you. Now with that being said, I want to tell you a little story. I want to use a little preaching story here and an illustration. And again, just work with me through the story because ultimately it's what we're going to be able to show you. By this illustration, all right? So those are listening online, you guys should have made it here, all right? We'll tell you a little story about Harry and Larry. You know I always love to use Harry and Larry. And they're two brothers, and they're about eight years old, and they're twin brothers, and they're going, I'm going to get you to turn that down there for me, Tim. because I'm going to be wandering back and forth. Thank you, brother. And Harry and Larry are about eight years old at the time, and they're going to church, and they're listening to their Sunday school teacher, and she tells them the gospel message that how, you know what? You need Jesus Christ in your life to forgive you of yourself, so that when you die, that you'll have a place in heaven. And not only that, that God wants to work in your life while you're here and He wants to use you. And said, if anybody would like to pray that or know more about that, don't leave here today. Does that sound familiar? Don't leave here today without asking us about that because we want to show you from God's Word how we can be secure in Him. So the bell rings and Larry, he says, I want to stay back. He talks to Harry. He says, I think that's something we need to do. I've I've got this feeling the Holy Spirit's tugging on me. Larry says, I'm going to play in the playground. I'll get up with you later. So what happens is Larry talks to his teacher and they go through God's word. And he says, you know, I need Jesus in my life. I need to receive his forgiveness in my life. And so they prayed and he said, Lord, come into my life, forgive me of my sin. I'm trusting you as the sacrifice for my sin, Lord. Today, I want to live for you. And you know what that teacher said? You know what, Larry? That's amazing. Today, your whole life is changing. And she says, I want to give you a little something as a reminder. He says, well, what is it? And she takes a piece of paper and she folds it. And he says, is it an airplane? And she says, no, just a little something to remember this day by. You might even want to put this in your Bible or something. Go back and think about it. And he says, well, what what is it? Is it a badge? No, just a little reminder. And she continues to fold this and uh, just continue to tell him about the love of God and the grace of God. And he's so excited because he knows that he put his faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He gets ready to go and he, she hands him this little folded up piece of paper. And he has it in his pocket and he runs out to the playground. And he sees his brother. He says, man, what did you get? He said, oh, just a little something, a little reminder about what I did today. I gave my life to the Lord. He said, bro, you need to do that. Oh, no. Wouldn't he give you a ticket to heaven? He says, there's no to thing It's a ticket to heaven. But so often... Everybody wants to know what's the ticket to heaven. What is it? Is it works? Is it being a good guy? Is it it doing this? Is it doing that? It's a personal relationship with Christ. Well, time goes by. And Larry would speak to his brother here. Hey, man, you know, you you need to to give your life to the Lord. Oh, I got time. I'm going to do it my way. They get about 18 years old, right? Work with me on the store here. About 18 years old. And they're twins. Mom and dad said, I don't have enough money for two cars. We'll just get one car. And they get him a drop top. Mustang, and they go riding around, and Larry's driving it. Harry says, "Come on, man, let me do it. Let me do it." And he flips the car, and both of them pass away. This is just a story to get to where I want to go to. And they're standing there, and they come around. And, man, he said, "We must be in the line to get into heaven." This is what Harry says, right? And he, he says, "My goodness, what happened? What a wreck!" You know, Larry's looking at, him. and he says, "Man, what do you got in your hand?" He says, I don't know. We were driving, you flipped the car, now we're here. There's a long line, there's some pearly gates. What's going on? He said, Man, that's that ticket to heaven. I knew I should have had that. He said, I need that ticket to heaven. He said, brother, There's no such thing as a ticket to heaven. It's about a relationship with the Lord. And he tells him, he says, Well, just give me a little piece of it. Just give me a piece of it. Come on. Just give me a little piece of it. Okay. So he says, okay. Here you go. We're just putting that up there. So he's holding on to it. He said, Boy, this is going to be nice. All right, I got my ticket, he thinks. Right. And he gets up a little closer. And he goes, your ticket's still bigger than mine. I'm getting a little concerned. Here, it's, give me some more. So he takes a ticket from his brother. And he takes it. And he rips it down some more. And he goes, yeah, that, that ought to do it. That ought to get me in. See, a lot of times we think, yeah, that ought to get me in. That ought to be good. I helped a little old lady across the street. I put $5 in the pot. I did this. I did that. You notice it says, I, I, I. That's not going to cut it. The Bible says that our works are like filthy rags. So just like always when they come up to the gate and the man's looking there, excuse me, can I help you? Harry jumps right in front. How you doing? Here's my ticket. He throws it down on the table. He says, man, I'm going to like this here. The man says, "Uh, a ticket? What ticket? He says, oh, that's my ticket to heaven. And he looks back at his brother and looks back at at Harry. He says, well, let's just see what your ticket says, son. So he starts to unpack that ticket. And he says, let's see what your ticket says. And he starts unfolding it. Kind of like that. And he lays it all out. And he's still, old Larry, thinking, boy, I got him this time, didn't I? He's thinking, you know what? I'm so glad that I was here with my brother because you know what? I got to live the way I want and do everything else. And now I'm going to get into heaven. Right? Because I got the ticket. But let me see. As we look at this, I'm trying to move fast here. Let's look what his ticket actually said. Anything less than receiving Christ is a ticket to hell. Amen? See, what he thought was going to get him there didn't do nothing but pave him a way to hell because he rejected the only way to heaven. No doubt there's people that that we come in contact with every day think that they've got the ticket. They've got it figured out in their mind. But you know what? Apart from Christ, that's where we end up at. You say, buddy, you don't you're trying to scare me. No, I'm trying to inform you. Trying to inform you there's a big difference. And the story goes, and this is just a a story to just get the point across an illustration. When Larry comes up to the gate, he has this in his hand, and they go, Hey Larry, we've been waiting on you. How you doing? They recognized him right off. And uh, what I thought was amazing, he says, what, do you got a ticket to heaven in your hand? He said, no, sir. I know there's no such thing as a ticket to heaven. He said, but I gave my life to the Lord when I was eight years old. And the man says, you're right, but can I see what's in your hand? And he takes this and he opens this up. He said, exactly right. He said, you put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. Come on in, my good and faithful servant. That's what it's all about right there. That's what it's all about. If you think you've got to have a ticket, the ticket is Jesus Christ. And I don't even like saying that because it almost like it reduces it down. But let me tell you, there's nothing reduced about the sacrifice of Christ. Amen? Nothing at all. He gave it all. He gave His best. And I'm going to leave this up here as we're talking and we're finishing up. We all have a choice. We all have a choice. We can either choose Jesus, repent of our sin and come to Him, Or we can put our faith and trust in our best, and every time we can give a guarantee that we don't bring anything that would change the mind of God. It is only the sacrifice of Christ that opens the door to heaven, and it's that of Jesus Christ. Give the Lord a hand clap for being so gracious today. Before we go to our last song here, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask everybody to close their eyes and open their hearts. If you took that message in today and you saw how so many times we can get off the path of what God has for us, I want to tell you today is a day that you can turn it around right here, right now. Because God's grace and his forgiveness is reaching out to you through the person of Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, maybe you're you. you you thought you did, or maybe you're not sure, maybe it was a long time ago, whatever. Don't leave here today without knowing for sure that you have freedom in eternal life with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And the way that is, is by calling on the name of the Lord, putting your faith and trust in Him. And today I pray each one here receives that message. If that's your prayer today, right where you at, just ask them, come into my life, forgive me of my sin. Today, Lord. Put my name in the Lamb's book of life. I'm choosing you. Thank you for choosing me. Amen. But you're here today and you say, you know what? I got some of those anger issues. I got some of those other issues. I got some of those other things. Apply the truth of God's word and the grace of God's love into your life. And start fresh today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and send you out with a song. I pray you guys.